Good to see you guys. How we doing? All right. Apparently, there was an email sent out earlier today that said Jason Beal would be here teaching. If that's why you came, I apologize. Um, you got me instead. Um, I'd be super stoked to see my dad too, um, but here we are. Um, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Um, if you don't have a Bible, I think we have some people who are willing and able to get you one. Please just raise your hand and uh, they'll snag you one. Sweet. Matthew 5, verse 7. The Beatitudes. Um, we're going to hit a quick recap of what David's been teaching over. Where is he at? I'm going to do a lot of pointing, but I don't know where anybody's at. So we're going to do a quick recap of what we've learned so far, the things that we've heard from the Word, um, and then we're going to get into verse 7, which is going to be talking about mercy. Sound good? Sweet. Well, let's pray it up before we dive in so that the Holy Spirit is over this room and over our hearts and minds, all right? Father, we thank you so much. Um, as believers, we know your word is perfect. It's inerrant. There's no mistakes. There's no mess-ups. So, Father, we want to honor your word. We want to be attentive to your word. And similarly, Lord, we want you to step in and to um, touch our minds and touch our hearts. Allow us to hear what you desire for us to hear. I pray that as the word come out, words come out of my mouth, they would be honoring to you, that they would be accurate, and that they would be um, from you, Lord. Um, anything that comes out of my mouth that's not of you, would you let these people forget it? Um, but Lord, would your spirit be moving tonight as we go through um, your word? So Father, thank you. Bless this time, and in your name, amen. Amen. All righty. We're going to hit the quick recap <coughs> of the Beatitudes, um, which David has been killing, by the way, been super blessed. Um, but here's what we've learned so far. Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We talked about how there's a flip or a switch that is flipped. There's a realization that ultimately is from the Lord when we realize, oh no, I'm spiritually and morally bankrupt. I've got nothing to offer in and of myself. There's, there's nothing I have to give of value here. And we say, oh no, we're poor in spirit. We realize, oh man, I'm missing something. Um, to verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That realization is accompanied by next mourning over our sin. It's a breaking of a heart that comes from the Lord when he makes us realize, hey, you and of yourself have nothing to offer. That should break our heart, rightfully so. When we look at our own sin, um, we should, it should break us. When we look at the perfect sacrifice and the perfection of our King Jesus and we compare it to who we are, there's a lack. And so it should break us, and rightfully so. Um, to verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We talked about how once we have those two things in line, there's a realization that anything under my control goes south. If I'm in control of it, if I'm in control of my life, if I'm in control of my pursuits, of the things that float in and out of my head, of the things that I determine to be important, it's going to mess up. It's going to fail. So what do we do? We let go and we say, Lord, you take the reins of my life. 
Um, and under his control, that's what we're going to follow. Hey, Lord, we're going to follow you. We're going to submit to you. Um, meekness is not weakness. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, and then lastly, last week, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. David talked about the soup. And uh, personally, I'm an I'm a all-spices-in kind of guy. We found out last week our David is not. Um, but basically, we realized, hey, once those three things, boom, 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 are in order, the next thing, the Lord's going to be giving us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And we talked about how it's not a righteousness necessarily earned because when you become a believer, um, his righteousness is imputed to us. When the Lord sees us as a believer, if you've put your faith in Jesus, he doesn't see you in your sin anymore. He sees you robed in the righteousness of his son, correct? So we talked about how it's not that, rather it's a rightness in that relationship. We're pursuing to be close-knit and in a correct walking with the Lord. So again, we're not earning it, we're not earning that righteousness, but it's a lifelong pursuit, as David was saying, of that rightness with the Lord. We want to be step in step with what he's doing in our lives, meaning we have to be obedient to what he's calling us to do, and we need to be um, remain meek so that we don't take the throne back. Um, sound good? So verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And as I was going over it this week um, and trying to study up and prepare, I came over a cool note, and I, please forgive me, I don't remember who it was from, but those first four have to do with the Lord and us and a heart posture and a surrendering of our heart's desires to fit his desires. It's a recogni recognition of what's wrong with us and right with him and an appropriate reaction. Here, we're going to see that as well when we see that we're called to be merciful. That's also a realization of, okay, Lord, if I'm not merciful, I need to be lined up with what you desire for my life because you're merciful. But on the flip side of that and um, coinciding with that is that is now affecting our walk and our approach with others, whether that's other believers or the people around us who are non-believers, yeah? So... <clears throat> Grace and mercy are kind of the tag team duo. They seem to be always grouped together. Um, I think of Paul's letters when he's writing to the churches, hey, grace and mercy to you. Um, and one is always accompanied with the other for good reason. We don't understand grace until we've had that mercy in our lives from the Lord. Um, but there is a difference. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit here. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace, um, I don't know if you guys have heard or listened to John Corson. He's one of my favorites. That's where my mom and dad went to church when they were like my age and younger um, and kind of discipled those guys growing up. Um, but the way that he puts it, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. So David's been talking about as we go through the Beatitudes, um, there's that righteousness and there's that right standing with us, we've realized we're morally bankrupt, but not only when we are saved and we've put our faith in the Lord, we don't go to zero, and now it's this teeter-totter of good works, bad works, but he imputes his grace upon us. That's 
his riches that have been given to us. There's now money in the bank. So we see the kind of the contrast there. Mercy, you, so, you deserve something because of your sin, because of my sin, and grace where we've been given something else. So mercy, slash out what you deserve. Grace, given what you don't deserve. Correct? Sweet. So as I was thinking about these things, um, I was trying to think about how we in our lives as believers, and I believe most of the people here tonight are believers, um, see grace implemented in our life and how we know that we've experienced, or I'm sorry, mercy, how we've experienced mercy in our life, and then also how the Lord still extends mercy and gives mercy to the non-believer. So first, as a believer, we know that we've received mercy, um, the ultimate price for our sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. Because of your sin, because of my sin, rightly so, because our God is just and a God of order, there's consequences to our sin. Because of his mercy, we, or I'm sorry, because, back up, if there were no mercy, because of our sin, the heavy penalty of it is separation from the Father to be, lack of a better word, damned. There's no peace. There's no grace. There's no presence of the Lord. That's what we deserve eternally, if not for mercy. As I was thinking about that, obviously, I think many of us could look back into our lives and we can see maybe instances of mercy and the individual sins, the individual things that we go through. If we fall short, the Lord extends his mercy and grace to us. Amen? There's those little individual things, but as a whole, that big picture of, hey, we deserve ultimate separation from our Lord. We deserve ultimate back turned and God's wrath upon us. But praise the Lord for his mercy. Amen. Um, and that is something I think obviously is specific to the believer. The unbeliever, unfortunately and sadly, doesn't understand or receive that yet. They may not be aware of it because if you're not aware of your sin, if you're not aware of your shortcomings, up against the perfect and the rightness of who God is, then we don't know we're missing the mark. But it's God's mercy even to us that we even see it. So I thought that was cool, just understanding like, oh, Lord, it was mercy for you to even let me know I was in the wrong. Amen? It was mercy for you to even let me be aware of my shortcomings. Um, so that's another cool thing to think of as a believer. If we're having a hard time, Lord, I don't see your mercy in my life. This is going on and this is going on and I don't see you here and I don't see you there. We can take a step back, look at the cross and say, whoa, okay, Lord, you have been so merciful to me. When we take a step back and look at the big picture and realize, wow, Lord, you have been more than merciful to me. And as we walk with the Lord, he makes us aware of the little things, yeah? Like the little, the sins or the shortcomings, it's kind of, it should be that quick realization of like, oh man, I blew it. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. I'm not 
an old man. I'm not that old woman. I'm a new creation. I get to walk forward with you. And that was another thought that I had. It should be a peace-bringing thing for us as believers when we look at mercy, when we think about mercy. It shouldn't be something that if we fall short, if we sin, and as I've seen in my life, it happens. It happens, man, and I'm not proud of it. As believers, we're not proud of it. We don't revel in those shortcomings. We're not stoked on them, but they happen. But when it does happen, mercy and the big picture of mercy allow me to quickly put that behind me because I know that God's not back there with a sledgehammer ready to just let loose on my noggin. That's a should be a peaceful, peaceful thing, right? We do have mercy. We do have grace in the long run. We don't have to, when we fall short, say, oh, no, here it comes. I'm going down. This is it. That was the last straw. The Lord doesn't have, like, a counter. And, like, if we have a rough day, the Lord's like, Phew, you are in a tough spot in 2023. You are inching close, my guy. That's not the case. Amen? We have that assurance, biblical assurance that, hey, my God is a God of mercy. I get to rest in that. I get to say, Lord, thank you for being a God of mercy. Now I want to walk in that rightness, that right relationship. Correct? Cool. <sighs> Whoa, my bad. For the unbeliever, as I was thinking about it and praying about it, similarly to a believer who may be struggling with things of like, Lord, I don't see your mercy in my life. I don't get it. I hear about it a lot. I hear about your grace. I hear about your mercy. I don't feel it. I don't see it. My life has been a wreck. I have this going on. The finances are bad. The wife is angry. The husband's angry, whatever it is. I don't, I don't see your mercy. To that, I was thinking, well, one, we live in a broken and fallen world where the consequences of sin are still felt, correct? But also, I think about the Lord's long-suffering. How even though things may look sour, things may look bad, even for the unbeliever, we can assure them, hey, the Lord hasn't come back yet. There's another day for you. There's another opportunity for you to give your life to the Lord. That is mercy. The Lord could have easily said, gotten, or not said, but gotten impatient with man. I sure would have. I turn on the TV for five minutes or I, at Chicken in a Barrel, there's one wrong customer. I'm like, that's it. My day's ruined. I'm over it. People stink. And it, it'd be so easy to just flip the switch and say, okay, I've got, I've got a ton of believers. I'm going to go grab them right now. But that's not the case. Amen. God is so rich in mercy that he is long suffering. He's patient and gentle with us. So if you're ever speaking with an unbeliever, you can assure them, hey, Reminder, God is merciful to you. He's allowed another day, another opportunity for you to let go, for you to realize, hey, I'm broken in spirit um, or poor in spirit. He's given you another opportunity to let go of the reins of your life. That is mercy. Amen? That's really cool. Um, so that's kind of what the Lord has been showing me about mercy in that first section. So this one, um, another definition that I received for mercy um, is pity plus action. And I have a verse. You guys don't need to turn there. If you can do it, it's actually, it's close by. Why don't we do it really quick? Matthew 9, 36. 
give me an amen when you're there. Let's go. You guys are quick. But when he, that's Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. I love that verse. Um, I read it obviously multiple times throughout my life, but it was a few years back um, when I was doing the internship up at McConnellani, just reading, and I read through it, and it struck me. I was like, wow, the Lord Jesus, as he was walking on this earth, looked at mankind, and he had compassion on them. As I mentioned earlier, this mercy thing is not our knee-jerk reaction. It's not the easy thing to do. In fact, it's easier to act in our flesh and just clip people. You want to do that? You want to talk that way to me? Okay, you're done. No mercy for you. But we're seeing here that not only are we called to be merciful as we're seeing, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy, but we're seeing that Jesus, our Savior, when he looked at the brokenness of humanity, was moved with compassion. And that should be our heart response as well. So, um, let me skim my notes here. Um, as we look at our relationship with the Lord, as we're hunger or hungering, hungering, hungry, and thirsty for that righteousness, there should be a shift. And we've already kind of seen that. Our heart, our heart posture has changed. There's a shift that is happening. We're becoming more like Jesus. And in the topic of mercy here, we should also be, excuse me, becoming more and more merciful as we walk with the Lord. Amen? Our hearts should be changing from quick to anger to slow to anger and rich in love. Amen? What do we know about mercies from the Word? His mercies are new every, every morning, every day. When we look at a broken, frankly, disgusting, slimy, awful world that we live in, contaminated with sin, it is so easy to say, to justify it to the Lord, Lord, I've tried to be merciful. These people of yours, these humans, these non-believers, these people that are just bugging me or the people that you see on TV committing heinous crimes, I don't want to. But the Lord wants to soften and break your heart for the lost. Amen? I want to be an individual, and I think that if we are walking closely with the Lord and spending time with the Lord, I think we should want to be individuals who have a broken heart for humanity. We want to see people the way that lo the Lord sees people. Um, I think an awesome prayer before you get out of bed and get going for the day. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a heart for the loss and give me eyes to see the things that you see. That is such a hard prayer to pray <laughs> sometimes because he'll show you. He'll show you the things that are broken. He'll show you and lead to you broken people, broken situations. Even studying this week, I was like, mercy. It's like praying for patience. And it's like the classic joke from a pastor. It's like, if you want to pray for patience, you'll get opportunities to exercise it. Similarly here, hey, if you want to be merciful, if we want to be merciful and be gracious to people and have pity on them to be broken about the sin going on around us, 
the Lord's going to expose us to that. Um, but as we are walking with the Lord, we want to have a broken heart and extend mercy to others. Amen. Um, and then I wrote down adversely, the opposite is true. If we're not walking closely with the Lord, if we're not in our word, if we're not in prayer, or if we don't have a heart for the lost, it doesn't take long for my heart to grow hard. It doesn't take long for me to grow bitter. It doesn't take long to turn a blind eye to sin. It doesn't take a long to discard or write off somebody who's struggling. Um, so as an encouragement to you guys, stay close to Jesus. If we want to be merciful the way that our king is merciful, we need to have an understanding of the mercy that we've received and so freely received, and we need to be ready to extend it to others. Easier said than done, absolutely. I'm definitely not perfect in that. Jesse knows when he's having a rough night sleeping. <clears throat> <laughs> not really. I do not do that. But my heart easily stirs up, and that's for my own blood. That's for my son, who I love very much. But for unbelievers, for those who are not yet in the fold in the kingdom, it's harder. It happens faster. So my prayer for you guys and for me is that we are staying close to the Lord and that we're merciful to others. Amen? Cool. How am I doing on... <laughs> That glare is gnarly. I can't tell the time. That's okay. I'm like my dad. Don't care about the time. <laughs> That's not true. And I guess I'm overlapping a bit here. But as my last point, and something that I, I kind of wanted to drive home, this shouldn't be something that we have to do as we grow more like Jesus, as we desire to be merciful, the more the Lord wants to take us and turn us into Christians, or back in the day, little Christs. He wants us to look more like him. Was it Paul who said, hey, follow me as I follow Christ? We want to imitate the Lord. The truth of the matter is, It's a very hard thing to do in your own flesh to have the Lord's heart. It's a very lofty goal, but it's right. And when we're walking in the Spirit, and when we're walking in truth, and in prayer, and in the Word, and when we're loving others, mercy, though in the beginning, as David talked about last week, how it's a process. You, to hunger and thirst for the Word, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, um, it doesn't happen automatically. It's a process. It's that sanctification that takes place. We, we are becoming more and more like him as we grow in, in our faith and in our walks with the Lord. And I know that's a bit repetitive, but we want to, we want to imitate the Lord. Amen? I'm sorry if that sounds repetitive or if it's like, yeah, dude, we get it. Be merciful. It's big. Our king of kings is merciful. If we want to be like anyone in this world, if we want to pursue any posture that makes any difference in this world, it's only Jesus. We want to look like Jesus. Amen?
Um, I talked about this with my wife, Marissa. Um, and this mercy thing, it's for the believer. If you don't understand mercy, you can't be merciful. For those who don't know the Lord, who don't know the word and know truth or know that they've been extended mercy, it's not going to be a genuine spirit-led mercy that they extend to others. It'll be, it will be, it's going to come with a price. Yeah, hey, no worries. This time you're, you're off the hook. Next time, it's a problem. But as believers, it is our duty to extend mercy to the lost and as I was thinking about this, what I'm going to say, it's heavy. So I hope you guys know my heart. But you've heard the phrase, hey, you may be the only Bible someone ever reads. It's true. In a sense, we want to emulate like we've been talking about the Lord. We shouldn't just act about it. We should be about it, right? We don't want to be just hearers. We want to be doers. Likewise, or, uh, yeah, likewise, for the lost and for those dying, wrapped in their sin and lost in their sin, they may never, ever be extended mercy ever again in all of eternity. And as I was thinking about, it's heavy. It's so, it's almost something that we want to like, ooh, I don't want to think about that because that's, that's a hard truth that I don't want to, address. But I hope that as we think about that and our hearts are moved for the loss, I hope that stirs you guys up the way that it stirred me up. Um, there are those who don't know about the cross. There are those who don't know about the freedom that they have in Jesus. And if they die, not knowing that, not having surrendered their life over they may never, ever again be extended, have an opportunity to be extended mercy. Let's be that in Kilauea, in Anahola, Wailua, Keikaha, Waimea. When we see the brokenness around us, when we see the individual who people avoid and say, that person's too difficult, this person's burned me too many times, I want the Lord to impress that upon your heart not just, that was a really convicting thing that Josh said, so I guess I'm going to do it. I want it to be an overflow of compassion and love for these people when we step in and say, Lord, I want to extend mercy to this person, knowing that it may be a seed that is used to bring them, or bring them to you for it to be watered and for it to grow. Um, so I pray that's what we take away. That's really all I have. Um, I did actually one last scripture, Ephesians 2, 4. I didn't, did I put my marker there? No, I didn't. I'm going to flip there real quick. You can turn there as well, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even with when we were dead in our tre trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
please hear me. I don't want you guys to walk out of this building like all the other Beatitudes saying, okay, there's another thing added to my list. I got, now I got this chore I got to work on. I pray that the Lord gives you an understanding of that verse right there, even when, when you were at your worst, when you were dead in your sin and in your trespasses. I think about my life, and I think about how I've lied and cheated, caught in immorality, things that I've done. How selfish would it be for me to say, Lord, thank you. I deserve that. Or I am so, not that I deserve that, sorry. Thank you that I've received your mercy. And then to turn around and withhold that from the world. I pray that we have a deeper understanding of just how good and merciful and gracious Jesus has been. And he has been, guys. And he will continue to be merciful in our lives. Um, So I hope you guys are encouraged. I hope it's not heavy. Um, I hope it's not something, like I said, that feels like another chore. Stay close to Jesus. Stay in the word. Stay in prayer. And that mercy should be an overflow of the Lord just speaking to you and blessing your life. These Beatitudes, remember, they're blessings. Hey, if we want to have a fulfilling and full, joyful walk with the Lord, here's the key. And we're just going down the line. That's one of them. So I pray that we are merciful. Amen? Cool. Dave, are we doing a song, no song? Just wrap it up. We're just going to wrap it up. Father, thank you so much for your word. You have been so, so good to us. You've been so merciful. You've been so gracious. I think if we were allowed to see the the number of times you've been merciful to us, it would be overwhelming. I think we forget just how wretched we were, how broken we were before you stepped in. And Lord, I ask that you would just gently give us a loving reminder of how faithful and good your mercies are. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. I pray that it would be encouraging. I pray that it's something that we can take and not just hear about, but be about. I pray that over myself, and I pray that for um, the people here, Lord. We want to be Christians. We want to be little Christ. We want to look like you. We want to sound like you. And when we don't, thank you for mercy. Um, Bless these people as they're on their way home. Keep them safe in their vehicles. Um, Yeah, Lord, and thank you for your word, your name. Amen.